Hi, I'm Marta and this is the Fitness Weirdo. So I'm here today with my friend and my one of my clients, Rocky, who is actually um, going to talk a little bit about the stuff that he's doing for some charities um, as part of that kind of like motivation and keeping you accountable. So yeah, Rocky, introduce yourself. Just tell us a little bit more about it. Hello. Hello. <laughs> yes, as you said, I'm Rocky. Um, yeah, I'm doing a bit of charity work. Uh, I decided a, a long time ago that I would annually support... Uh, Terence Higgins Trust, if you've heard of it. Mm -hmm. They <clears throat> tend to work with those who are diagnosed with HIV or those with AIDS. Mm -hmm. um, but actually, they, they work with a whole host of people now in the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. um, and But this time around, uh, what I decided to do was, uh, in the run-up to World AIDS Day, which is on the 1st of December, is do a couple of extra charity runs. So I'm actually doing three 10Ks um, yeah. Cool. Um, for Terence Higgins Trust, um, but this time I'm also running for uh, Positive East, which is another charity. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but they're going to pass all of my donations on to something called Prepster, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Is that all that you're doing for charity this time around? No. So the extra added fun bit is that on the 5th of September... I'll be shaving off my beard, and as you know, um, and anyone who knows me, I really do love my beard, and I'm quite attached <laughs> to my beard. Well, you, you wouldn't be attached to <laughs> Well, I would be, <laughs> or it's attached to me, anyway. Yeah. Well. Um, but it's a reciprocal agreement. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I'll be doing that in aid of Mercury Phoenix Trust, and the reason why I will be doing it is because for... The whole day at work, I will attempt to dress as Freddie Mercury, which will be hilarious. I think I'm that's sure. going to be brilliant, to be honest. <laughs> and I would definitely want to see pictures of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, that's great. Obviously, you're doing quite a lot of um, kind of like different, not different things because it's still running, but you know, different different events. That's what I wanted to to say. Um, so, why exactly these three charities? So, why are they doing? Um, you know, to help people, obviously, with AIDS or HIV or in, in the LGBT community? Yeah. How um, do they work? So I guess this is, this is the part where we get a bit serious, I suppose. Mm -hmm. but, um, <clears throat> so I guess I, ever since a, a young age, I've probably had a close relationship with the sentiment and the fear of mm -hmm. HIV. Um, I suppose if, if you're as a gay man and if you are gay growing up in the 80s and 90s it was completely just hammered home that if you came into any sort of contact with anyone that had HIV or had any any type of unprotected sex or whatever you might do that you'd almost certainly die yeah. like that's that's pretty much the message and that's what you got during that time and I kind of know why that was the case it was through the crisis and there was a whole host of reasons why that was the message that, that was given to you but <clears throat> I suppose now we know that to be a slight fallacy in the sense that there's it's not a death sentence mm. certainly not anymore anyway they've obviously developed drugs that can suppress and control it and you generally even if you're a carrier 
um, or you've contracted HIV, you you would live a normal life as you usually would, and and, yeah. and that's it's great in the sense that it's controlled. Um, but I suppose the generation before has put so much effort into or emphasis, I should say, on maintaining that fear that it's really yeah. it's really kind of difficult to break that feeling and. You know, you mention HIV or AIDS to anyone, and and it's it's almost on a par with terminal cancer. Yeah. And and people still have that that and feeling. I think as well, some people kind of like have that sort of like step back moment kind of thing, as in oh, right. And through their minds, they must start thinking, can I touch you? Am I yeah. gonna get something from you? It or is completely like stigmatized. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it's got a lot better over the years, but I I recognized early on that through some I mean through education of my, myself really or re-education I should say mm. that there's there's nothing yes okay there's still plenty to fear with it you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily want to contract HIV yeah. still but you know there's the stigma needs to disappear yeah. and that's exactly what these charities aim to do not only support people but they need the stigma to disappear they need they need people to to know what it's about and they re-educate and they advocate for testing and they there's there's so many great things that they do in the community and actually not just for for gay people because obviously HIV was once known as the gay disease but it can it can affect literally anybody yeah and there's plenty of ways that it can be contracted through heterosexual people and it does happen yeah which is a bit what we were having a conversation uh not that long ago right um, that it's very kind of like the general population let's say they they think that it's still kind of like something from your stereotype of uh, you know the gay man from the eighties as you say that has a lot of unprotected sex and it's like and it actually is not the case anymore. There's all kinds of people that can be carriers and obviously you wouldn't even know. That's the thing. Um, but also it doesn't mean that that's gonna be a problem for you as an individual. No. Yeah. Well, now there's. I mean, I I can I can talk about about this in a little bit in more detail but there's been uh, a, a massive study that's been concluded recently that essentially said that or the conclusion was if you're on effective treatment for HIV even if you're HIV positive and you have unprotected sex with someone who is HIV negative if you're undetectable you can't pass it on yeah no matter how much you, you have unprotected sex and that's yeah. great for well I mean it's great for for ensuring that no more contractions yeah. occur but everyone yeah. by the way still have protective sex because there's <laughs> tons of other stuff that you can get <laughs> otherwise there, yeah yes we're just focusing on one of them okay that one is fine but there's still plenty so true um yeah and the thing is as well because you're on certain medications and 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 you're getting all these treatments and they keep checking on you and i had a conversation with someone recently about about this as well um actually you it's not that you end up being healthier than other people but you have literally checkups with the doctors right. constantly so even if you get whatever else you know they're picking it up very very quickly um which is obviously yeah it's good it's good in the sense that you're probably far more monitored if you're an if you're an hiv if you're hiv positive you um yeah as you said you 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 have to go to get uh, monitored more, yeah. more frequently than than those who perhaps aren't. That being said, that's probably true. Uh, that's probably false because 
in theory you should go and get tested every three months yeah but, no um, but it's more in terms of you know um they will check more like your blood test in right. terms of for any kind of like uh, viruses or anything like that that's what i mean yeah um, yeah my friend who who is who is actually hiv positive he he actually said the same thing he was like if anything i feel more i feel healthier in the sense that I'm, because I'm far more monitored yeah that's it that's what anything yeah but. that's what the person I talked to said as well yeah but yeah okay well the the only last thing I, I really want to say is that the the charities that I'm supporting they're not they obviously support those who are who are HIV positive now um, but they do a lot of advocacy work in the sense that they they're trying to change the mindset of of the disease itself um a lot of the the fear of it was deep rooted in the fear of homosexuality yeah and that has carried forward so it's not just that they're trying to change the impression of hiv or hiv positive Mm. men it is far more as well about changing the impression of, of gay people in general which i think is absolutely brilliant and, yeah, and is needed in yeah. in well especially now <laughs> yeah well yeah and uh you you still see you know um in the news and everything that is still a, a big problem you know with um attacks on the street and and insults and everything so a lot of people would say that it's not needed but i think it is needed you know to make sure that um education basically not even just to 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 make a point out of it but just to be seen as something perfectly normal like who cares kind of you know what i mean like we shouldn't we shouldn't have that kind of like focus on well anything really because everybody's different in any case so I, i think it has to be much more normalized that people are giving it such a big issue um am i getting it wrong obviously um but yeah yeah, and I think you know it's it's natural to get things wrong. I'm sure that on this podcast we're we're talking about HIV in in the completely the wrong way. Oh yeah, but, definitely. We this is a kind of like an introduction introduction that we're doing for a fundraising <laughs> and for yeah. 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 yeah, but I suppose my my point is like it's okay to get things wrong and it's okay to to want to be educated for to to do the right yeah, things. Yeah, that's it. But what it's not okay to to be is completely fearful of something that you don't understand yeah. and completely anti-education about the thing that you don't yeah. understand that's it like, I think it's, it's like everything if you come from a place of understanding acceptance uh, a place of love a, a place of trying to learn you know yeah ask the questions or you try to learn about it but the problem is when you don't know about a topic and you close yourself off and you don't want to learn about the topic and I think that's why it's important that um yeah, that kind of education and prevention, obviously, um, starts even early on in schools. And, you know, just making sure that it's just seen as a normal thing. Like, I don't know, you have blonde hair, they have dark hair, whatever, you know, it's normal. So yeah. it should be seen the same. Well, you'll, you'll have seen in the news that there's the primary school protests in Birmingham still going on mm. because of the inclusive education. And it is stuff like that, you know, it, it's it's introducing kids who are being introduced to many many things in life yeah. being taught that it's okay to 
see something that is not normally what you would see yeah. and that's just teaching tolerance it's not teaching anything else it's yeah, not trying it. to indoctrinate it's not trying to say you know you need to grow up gay yeah it's certainly they not saying they might catch it i do love <laughs> i do love that because yeah. that was something that i got when i was <laughs> no so no I've, yeah i've heard that as well uh, from friends obviously uh and if yeah. um uh, and i definitely have <laughs> <laughs> you caught it. I did. I did. Uh, no, obviously we're trying to make light um, of a very serious issue. It's not that we're not taking it seriously, but, um, no, but I, think, I you... think it's important as well to be able to smile about things because um, even though all the research that's been done and and all the all the uh, medical advances and and stuff like that, I'm sure when you get the news or if you get the news, it's still a massive shock and everything rises through your mind and as you were saying earlier you know that death sentence and until you don't take a moment kind of like well wait a second no let's not get out of control for a moment let's think about this um it's important you know that that we actually yeah kind of like make a joke of it a little bit because it's a very gloom and doom sort of like topic and it shouldn't be these days no it just means you have to be monitored and you have to you know take your medicines or whatever yeah I think you know it, it's got to be so difficult to hear that news and I, I I suppose I I don't know I constantly think about because I'm probably more at risk of hearing that news mm. I play that scenario in my head a lot and although I want to convince myself that I'll be absolutely fine with it yeah it always happens to someone else right yeah yeah I don't know whether I would be so I kind of get the it's sort of a sobering it, it I don't know. It's a sobering existence to to be sort of privileged in the sense that I'm HIV negative. But yeah. like, if I were to hear that news, I I don't know how I would react. Even though I know exactly what you've just said yeah. that it's not a death sentence. You can be healthy, and yeah. there are. So I'm gonna paraphrase a little bit um, what someone told me recently um, about their own experience, and it's. Um, even though they're undetectable, um, it was kind of like he, he didn't feel right. He didn't feel, um, and I'm paraphrasing it, kind of like like there was a bit of a stain yeah. in, a, in his wellness kind of thing, even though his life is, is great. And a lot of things that he was feeling at the time before knowing um, the, the diagnosis, he was literally like feeling like no energy. He was feeling like all kinds of wrong and then once uh, he knew why and started treatment now he feels so much better and he is a bit healthier and he's you know feeling feeling great but there's that sort of like psychological thing as in yeah you know the paper has been crumpled it and, is completely psychological yeah. isn't it yeah. and it's interesting how you look at ill health or actually health in, yeah. in that sense yeah um psychologically because you know you get flu and potentially flu could kill you. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's no different in that sense. Yeah. But you wouldn't treat it in the same psychological manner because you know there's a cure. Yeah. With this, although advances in research and there's so many new breakthroughs happening all the time, especially now, um, as science advance, advances, you just... I think there's something that just tells you 
there is no cure for this. I can control it, but there's no cure. Yeah. And psychologically, that must be such a barrier or a hurdle to get over, no yeah. matter what someone tells you. No, 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 but that's, that's entirely true. And um, it, it, I think it's, it rings true from any kind of like long-term condition that you have that you can just either manage the pain or man- manage the symptoms or anything like that. And you know that essentially the only thing you can do is yeah, manage, cope kind of thing. Um, obviously some, some conditions might be fatal if untreated or not, more than others, you know, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it's kind of like, it's the same thing, but obviously because this kind of like comes from that sort of like stigmatized mm. sexual situation, you know, it says, oh, but sex, you know, like, yeah. that's a, we don't talk about that kind of thing. That's why it's been seen so wrong. Um, and um, at the end of the day, it's like, I don't know, like thyroid problems, you know, you have to take a tablet for every day of, right. of your life and that's it, you have to take a tablet for every day. Um, diabetes, you know, diabetes. you have to keep, you know, control of your insulin and levels and you just can't manage every day, but they seem differently. Yeah, they are. And it's interesting that <laughs> just to just to talk about my own coming out, <laughs> when I told my mum, the very first thing she was worried about, she did not, it's interesting quite how much she didn't care what I'd said to her, but her first fear was oh my god, you're going to contract HIV and you're going to die. That's basically nice. like, that's that was her first thought. So see if you didn't really care whether you were gay or straight or anything. <laughs> she was just caring for way. your health. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of cute, but it's still a bit wrong. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you, you, well, it just, show, it just goes to show that the prior generation still have yeah. that, that ill education. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 is, it needs to change, and that's what these yeah. charities these charities yeah. do as well as supporting you know people who who have been diagnosed yeah. and research and drug technology and blah 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 so yeah all right hmm. no that's great i think um so obviously it's great because they're the three charities that you mentioned they're kind of like similar but they work um i'm guessing for different um different ways or different areas you mentioned positive east as well earlier um yes so the only one I, I so both um, Terry, Terence Higgins and Mercury Phoenix, Phoenix Trust they both do sort of similar things in mm-hmm. the sense that they're set up to support those living with HIV but they're set up also to, to advance research and support that area too um, Positive East is, is very much similar but the run that I'm doing for them which is at the end of November mm-hmm. the Red Run um, I've chosen through that run to actually donate it to something called Prepster uh, Prepster's an advocacy group for a drug called PrEP, hence the name. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they tend to do is they dispel myths about the drug itself, and I'll talk about what it, what it actually is in a minute. Um, they try and re-educate its value to your health mm-hmm. um, and how it can help eradicate HIV. Um, so essentially the the drug is designed if you take it daily or something called um, events based Mm -hmm. is if you so the technology is designed to to kill the virus so if it if a if if an hiv negative person contracts the 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 virus Mm -hmm. it can kill it in the body immediately so is that preventative thing yeah so it's a 
I'm probably doing because a it's severe... giving me some uh, the day after pill vibes. Kind of, yeah. I suppose it is a little bit like that. Okay. Yeah. I never even thought about it that way. There you, you just... go. <laughs> Gay man matter. Why would I think of that? The, the stigmatized <laughs> the morning after pill, which uh, it has its own stigma. <laughs> but that's a different story. Well, there's, yeah. there's so there's two versions of it. There's one that's prep, which mm-hmm. is the pre-exposure. So basically, you 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 preempt the yeah. fact that you okay. might contract it. Um, and then it sort of kills it. But it's yeah. like 99.9% effective or something yeah. like that. Um, and then there's another one which is very, very similar called PEP, which is where you may have come into contact with HIV, but you hadn't taken the, the drug previously. Yeah. And it can still kill the virus in its early stages. The only difference is I think you have to try and do that within 48 hours or something okay. like that. 48 or 36 hours or something. Yeah. So... Um, and its effectiveness can change depending on how long you leave it, of course. Yeah, okay. Um, so, ascent, but they're sort of like breakthrough because there's no cure, but here we are with two drugs that kill it. Yeah, that can essentially kill it, yeah. Um, so, anyway, the, the, the point of giving it to that charity really is just so that it's, yes, we tell people to use protection, yes, we tell people to not do riskier things. You go and have your sexual health test and... You know, the the nurse might say, you know, what have what's your sexual activity been like? And yeah. you, you can either lie or tell the truth and that's on you. But let's face it, there are gonna be times when you don't do any of the things that they tell yeah. you to do. But you know what? I was just when you were telling me all of this, I was just thinking, even in the in the um how you call it, the medical industry, you know, um Potentially, you you can come into contact with with the virus. Um, yes, you you use as well protections like gloves, goggles, and things like that. But even even at work, when we do um, the cholesterol and glucose test um, in the gym, um, you don't know what the what the other person has been. They could potentially be carrying it, and you don't even know about it. And they always talk about hepatitis B or C or whatever. I don't even remember which one. Um, but they don't talk about AIDS or HIV. And it's, it's the same kind of situation. Uh, why they don't talk about it? I don't know. But potentially you could cut yourself. You could, I don't know, spray, you know, um, whatever, you know, from the blood um, when you're um, pricking the finger. And, and it's something that can happen and you don't even have to have sex with that person for it to happen. Right. So I think that's as well why it's important that I want, I want to stress that it doesn't mean, oh my God, you've been really bad. It doesn't mean anything like that. It could be as part of your job and you still need to have stuff available. It's, it's, it's for everyone. It's not just... Yeah. yeah. And I suppose I am focusing on the, the sex yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm trying probably... to talk to the audience as oh, well. Oh yeah, of you, course. No, yeah. I think... <laughs> yeah. You know, guys. I know, you're... <laughs> you no, I'm just saying, because obviously, if... And obviously, I'm pretty sure um, I have straight people listening to this as well I don't want them I don't want you guys to think oh that's never going to happen to me because I'm careful and you're like yeah okay but I always joke like I know what I've been I don't know what you've been first of all but it can happen in a different completely different sort of scenario Um, and I'm not trying to scare people you know but we have to open the mind a little bit that is is a wider spread um of causes, let's say. Well, you when this drug first came out, it was like revolutionary. It was yeah. a game changer, and 
the me well the I'll say I'll say media, but I mean right wing media, far right wing media. I will just get that in there. Um, <laughs> they the term they described it as is was the gay promiscuity drug. Yeah. And it was basically like saying, oh hey, all those risky gay people, that's what they're doing, and this is why we need to yeah. fund this drug. And it was trying to say the NHS shouldn't pay for it and it shouldn't be developed and it shouldn't be there because it's just the gay people. And it's like, well, no, actually there's plenty of people in Africa that are HIV positive. Imagine if you were an HIV negative person in Africa and you had access to PrEP. Yeah. You could eradicate the the contraction rate yeah. in in ten years. Yeah, fifteen years. Yeah. And and it's not about that. It's not about whether you're gay or straight or whoever. It, it could completely change the landscape of it. Yeah. So, um, it is available for anyone. Uh, it's not available on the NHS yet, but it soon will be. Mm. They, they they've been told that they need to provide it. So yeah. Okay. It is something to look out for. Yeah. Perfect. Mm. That is very interesting, and I learned a lot. Now. Let's go back a little bit to the fitness part of it. Yes. So you are this is doing a fitness podcast after all. After all, <laughs> you are doing um three runs, three ten k runs, and actually by the time this episode is out, you will have done your first one, mm. um on on the Saturday, um Saturday was it third, um of August. Yes. Is that yeah. Um, it's weird to talk in the future about the past. <laughs> and, yeah. Um. So so yeah. Tell us a little bit. First of all, are these runs are they gonna be a challenge or are they gonna be easy peasy? You you know me because you train me, um, and you know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know where I started, and I think you will probably agree with me when I say if I were to have said to you a year ago, I'm gonna do three ten k's, you'd have been like. Are no. you are you ready? Are you sure? You're gonna, I would have probably pushed you to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would have done. But I would have <laughs> had the first aid kit ready just in case. Just because I'm a bit like that. I push my clients to whatever they... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Which is a really good thing, Yeah, I have to say. Um, but no, I, I think they... Yeah, they're going to be a struggle. The reason why I went for the 10 is... I've been doing fives consistently now, mm-hmm. and I, I, if I walked up and did the five, I probably wouldn't do the charity work much justice. Yeah. And I don't really think I'd be doing my fitness much, much justice either. It would feel like a, a little bit like I was running around a park, which yeah. I suppose I am doing, but, but, but it would twice. feel... Yeah. <laughs> Two laps. Two laps. Um, it would I just... hate the second lap. <laughs> the second lap is the worst, isn't it? But yeah, I think, I don't think I would be challenging myself quite as much as I wanted to um, we have a lot of noise around by the way I don't know if you guys can hear it but this is the best we could do today <laughs> yeah perfect um, so um, obviously previously I've uh, talked in the in the podcast about motivation and accountability and um, one of the things I did mention was about charity and fundraising um, so tell me a little bit how does you know fundraising um, affect your motivation or you know is it what, what what is it about fundraising that actually gets you out of the door for your training and, and for the actual race? I suppose you've got a goal and I know that's a bit cheesy to start with, but 
it's true and it's a cliche you know you've got a goal to work to so you do like that's that's <laughs> that's it that, that's motivation it. that's it but <laughs> I suppose it's far more than that though isn't it because when when you're fundraising you firstly don't want to let down the people who've given you their hard-earned cash and then yeah. you kind of have to do it um they're also not going to part with money unless you give them something it's something that's a, a, going to be a challenge for you yeah. personally actually in a beard <laughs> yeah <laughs> my beard do you know what i'm actually i'm i'm more fearing the beard. yeah you're i'm going to be more far more traumatized by my beard than yeah. i am are you going to record that but sorry we just i just but i thought about are you going to record you at the barbers or whatever just shaving your beard yeah I am. Nice. I will. Um, as soon as I get details of when this has happened, I will post up everything, all of our, all our social media. I'm gonna cling on to it as long as possible. So okay. it'll be the evening of the fourth of September. There you go. <laughs> there you have it. You heard it first here. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. yeah. But yeah, I suppose it does give you. So if I were to say to them, I'm just gonna do a five k. I I think they'd need to put. You'd need to give them some context. Yeah. If that was a challenge for you, they're more likely to donate. And then you feel like there's something that you're striving for then yeah. and that you're training for and that you really should put the effort into training for it. And that's why I chose the 10. I suppose I went a little bit overboard by being like, yeah, I'll do three of them. <laughs> but, but I sort of got to the point in my fitness where I thought it's probably not that challenging if I just say I'm doing a 10K. Yeah. Like, it would be challenging in isolation and training for it would, be, would have been tough. Yeah. And it has been tough. But then what happens when it's over? You know, I, I, I felt like I needed to give myself more, yeah. more of a challenge to keep myself going. Um, you know, a, a couple of months ago, I was saying things like, I feel like I've lost my way. I've lost my yep. focus. I've lost my mojo. Yep. I don't know what's going on. I feel weak. Yep. I'm not in the zone. And then as soon as I decided that this is what I was going to do, I started to lose a bit of weight again. I was focusing more on my running, my, I guess my general fitness, my strength was coming back and it yeah. was completely mental. Yeah. That hadn't meant, it's, yeah. mental as in psychological. Maybe I am a bit crazy as well. No, but that, that makes completely sense to me because obviously you suddenly what you were saying that once you've decided to do it that's it you have to do it you kind of like taking that responsibility of training and having to get out of the door into something external you have to do it you have a deadline and it's like when we go to work and we do stuff that we might not want to wake up first thing in the morning to go to work but it's your job you have to do it Um, and so um, by deciding to do some fundraising you have the charity run times three and uh, people are actually sort of like paying attention to what you're doing um then suddenly kind of like the decision is you know away from you someone else is is making you do it kind of thing yeah um and i i because i've spaced them out i think if what the advice that i would give if if somebody's wanting to do something like this obviously if you've if you're not a runner or you've not been running it's probably the wrong thing to say isn't it if you haven't been running regularly because yeah, everyone a runner. Is a, you have legs you're a runner everybody is a runner yeah um t- take it from me i'm short and chubby and i can run <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but if you space out your your events then it doesn't just keep you focused on what's next uh, sorry mm. the the, the the one thing you're doing it's like what's next what's yeah. coming after it and I think even though I'll be doing this tomorrow morning I'll finish and I'll feel 
hopefully I'll feel good. Um, <laughs> but then it'll be straight on to what's the next, the next thing. Yeah. The next thing is in October. And then after that one, I'll be like, okay, I need to, I need to work towards November. Yeah. And already I've planned out my fitness for the next four months. That's, that's brilliant. And it's something that I was going to mention as well. Because when I've done stuff in the past... Um, in terms of, you know, strenuous or kind of like a challenge for me, I felt I didn't have anything planned afterwards. And for a few months afterwards, I was like, ugh, I can't even think of running anymore. But you've already taken care of that. You've planned for it in advance. So now um, you don't really have that time as in, that's it, I'm done, I need the break or whatever, because you have another race coming up and that is that kind of accountability coming up. So you have to do it. Yeah. And then um, when you were saying about the dates, it brings me to... The last question that I have, which uh, I didn't write it down, but it's something I wanted to ask. So what are the days of your races then? When is it happening? The first one is tomorrow, tomorrow which is the 3rd of August, which yeah. will probably be in the past by the time this goes out, but it's yeah. the 3rd of August. Yeah. Um, and that's in Victoria Park in East London. And then in September, I have the Freddy for a day, and that's on the 5th of September. Yep. Then on the seventh uh, of October, I think it is, is the next ten k. Yep. And then on the thirtieth of November, we have the Red Run, which is again in Victoria Park, um, which is the final ten k. And then of course the day after is World AIDS Day, so this whole thing has been leading up to to that date, I guess. Um, and then Matt, we could do the. Um, the the run up to Christmas challenge that we did last year. Yes, and maybe this year I can run more than I did last year. <laughs> yeah, maybe I can as so well. I don't know if Brian and Danny are listening today, but if we do it again, I promise I'll be a better member of the team. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, no, that's brilliant. Um, I'm, I was just asking about the days because I, I want to make sure that we remind people. So we always like when we're doing runs and stuff like that, if suddenly someone random appears with a poster, um, just because it helps on the day. It does. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, okay, perfect. So, um, obviously, thank you so much for all that information. I'm not going to try to say the link to fundraise if you're interested, just because with my accent, it can probably land in whatever. But I'm going to post it on the description of the podcast. It's a, it's a Just Giving uh, link. Um, and then if you want to help, you have any more ideas about how we can fundraise more money for these charities, um, obviously get in touch. Um, yeah, do you have anything else to add? No, I think if, if anyone listening is, is considering donating, a massive thank you in advance. Uh, I mean, it's not, it's not for me, it's for them, and they do such great work, but use me as a, <laughs> a conduit. <laughs> it is for him. Uh, it is, yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, seeing the, the fundraising goal kind of like filling up and reaching that goal it does help with your training as well because you realize that people actually care about what you're doing which sounds silly like you should just do it and that's it but kind of like gets you that feeling of fussy warmth inside yeah and i have been feeling good every time i see that because i get the emails that have been like someone's donated and it could be five pounds it could be 50 and it really doesn't matter what the amount is it's more that actually each one that i get it just spurs me on a bit more I mean, I've got a, a grand total goal of 1,200, so it's it's massive. Yeah, but it's doable. If it everybody, doable. if my nine listeners, <laughs> <laughs> no, if everybody 
donates even if it's five pounds which is not a lot then um yeah you could get that gold I'm gonna say easily I probably just jinxed it but yeah it's true though how I mean, far it's... are you from your fundraising goal um do you know I haven't checked it today I think we were on I say we me <laughs> <laughs> I think I was on about 450 okay possibly 500 yeah so it is doable people get your wallets yeah and thank you even if it is five pounds five pounds is is perhaps not a lot to a lot of people but it's going to be a it's going to make a huge difference yeah perfect cool well thank you very much for um well explaining all of this to me and to the people listening and um yeah i'll be sure to well donate as soon as we finish this uh, because obviously i'm recording on my phone so i cannot do it on my phone that was Yep. Thank you. And um and I'm then yes. My iPad now. Ah. <laughs> Look at that. He's on he's on top I'll of it. Stand over you and make sure you do. Um yeah, that's the thing. Oh gosh, now I have to take a, like a screenshot of something. Um but yeah, just um guys keep an eye out for that link. Um keep an eye out as well around Instagram. I will be posting some stuff for people who want to know more facts and, and data and things. Um probably coming next week. Yeah. Um yeah perfect so I think I'm going to let you go so that you can eat and rest in preparation for tomorrow's race and um, let us know how you how you're doing and your challenge for the other two maybe is to run faster and, well know, yeah I didn't mention yeah, this ah oh, look at that but of course the time that's the trainer in me the, t- the time <laughs> well when I when I just to end I mean when I did my very first outdoor 10k last year I did it in such a well I say a slow time it wasn't that slow but it was like an hour and eight minutes or an hour and ten, I can't remember now. Um, I actually did one on Wednesday that I wasn't expecting to do at all. And I did it in one hour, one minute, 57, I think it was. Okay. So I already shaved off like six or seven minutes or whatever that was. That's out. brilliant, yeah. Um, yeah, so I That's think... That's what personal training does to you. It's true, actually. Wink, wink. <laughs> It is true. So are you aiming for a um, time of under an hour tomorrow? Yeah. Or is too much of a push? Um, I'm aiming for under an hour. I really would love to get us... I'd, I'd love to run a 10k that is sub one hour. Absolutely. Um, if it doesn't happen tomorrow, that's what I'll aim for in the next one. And if yeah. it doesn't happen on that one, that's what the goal is. Best for the one of three. That. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose, in a sense, that kind of builds up that momentum yeah. as well. And it's something to, to strive for. I have, on the treadmill, I've been running just about sub one hour yeah. pace, um, but that's flat. Yeah, it's so, different. It's, and it's yeah. different. So yeah. we'll see. Okay, cool. Well, I'll be really looking out for your messages. Stress that after you finish, don't text your mom or anyone. Text your trainer first. I will. <laughs> My mum won't care. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you're alive. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so, yeah, um, keep an eye out for that link. Okay? Thank you very much, Rocky. Thank a pleasure, you. as usual. Uh, we managed to make some fun out of uh, a very serious topic. Uh, but, yeah, good luck tomorrow on your race. Thank you. Perfect. Bye. Bye.